You're listening to Things of Faith. Welcome to Things of Faith with Pastor Scott Hawkins and Pastor Michael Stoops. You there, Stoops? Yes. Good to see you, Pastor Scott. Good to see you. And our first episode uh, dropped, as they say in podcast lingo, <laughs> last night of season two. And um, thank you to Scott Brown, uh, who is our editor and chief. He's the guy who does the the welcome little voice, so you get to hear his voice. But he's also doing our editing and producing. So thank you to Scott Brown. This is truly a team effort, and we are grateful to you. So... We have moved through the three persons of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and we are going to move into talking today about how the Holy Spirit, as we mentioned last week or the last podcast, the Holy Spirit, which is the part of the Trinity that we experience, part of the Trinity present, uh, Jesus said, I must leave, so the Spirit must come. So the part of the Godhead of which we see, or well, feel are engaged with and that part of the spirit then empowering the church so you and i today that god is still empowering working giving us hope giving us the ability to evangelize today and so to go back we're going to start where all good conversations like this start with genesis very very good and more specifically (laughs) The Garden of Eden. So, starting there, God takes dust, dirt, breathes his life into his spirit, his breath. Holy Spirit, right? Those words we hear, the ruach, the Hebrew word, the pneuma in Greek. Breathes his breath, gives us breath, creates man. From man, takes a rib or his other side and creates the woman And so um, men's origins are dirt. So you and I are dirt clods. And women's origins are flesh, which I think is a whole other interesting conversation to have another day. But we'll just put a pin in that and um, talk about that later. So God creates people not because he is lonely. And I think this is an important thing to say because there are times in the church that we start talking about how, you know, God desires our worship. And it's true, but not out of a need to be filled, but out of, um, well, how would you say it, Pastor Stoops? Why why did God make humans? I I think that's so important as to why why we were talking for the first three weeks about the Trinity, right? About Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that God himself is both this unity and this community at the same time. Like that's how God you know, doesn't, you know, before time, before creation, he wasn't in eternity going, well, I'm kind of bored now. Right. What are we going to do next? Yeah. Um, I really it, wish in, someone would sing some songs about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With GCD I mean, as their main chords. No, I mean, he, he's <laughs> like in perfect communion, you know, communion with himself, which is which is distinctive about Christianity. We don't have some far off God who got right. bored or just was like, oh, I got to do something. But really it's out of his, out of that Trinitarian life, that inner life, and out of his creativity and out of his love and out of his grace, he creates everything. Right. Um, to, to, to sing of his glory, but also yep. to, uh, to create a, a family, yep. right? Not only yep. a, 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 a spiritual family and a family of the unseen realm, but also just a physical family to create human beings right. uh, in his image and likeness um, to, to commune with them, yep. to be in relationship with them. Well, and we talked a little about this in God the Creator. He creates because he is a creator. Mm-hmm. 
right? So, you know, if you think about being parents and having children and creating children, um, children are not a wise financial decision because they take a lot of resources, take a lot of time. They put stress on marriages. They do all of those things. But couples create children out of love, out of the desire to create, out of um, the desire to have a family. And all of that's really good. And, and we have the privilege of God delighting in our creation and celebrating, you know, um, the way that God delights in the daffodils in the field that come and go. How much more does he delight in you? We just sang this on, on Sunday, um, that if God cares about the sparrow, how much more does he care about you? If God clothed the flowers of the field, how much more does he clothe you? Right. Mm-hmm. That those Matthew texts. Yeah. And well, saying and, that. And also for those people that maybe aren't parents or, or whatnot, like just think about having a pet, right. And, and the yeah. same thing, you're, buying food, you're taking the pet out, you're caring for the pet. And what what do we often say? Like we, we say, oh, my pet's part of my family. Mm-hmm. And obviously we mean it different. We don't think that the pet is a person, but at the same time, there is there's a um a companionship and a Yeah, a delight yeah, in having the pet. Exactly. And you know and that's wonderful. Pets aren't people, but how much better is it to have more people in our family, whether that's biological or that's our friends, or yeah. you know, we're all kind of creating that kind of either physical, biological, or friendship or spiritual family. Right. Yeah, very good. And so God creates the people. God creates this community. We fall because we want to go our own way, and we decide that it's better to be God than to um, rely on him. That casts us into a new state, which is a fallen state, broken relationship. And then God, though, does not give up on his people, which is good to be reminded that he could have. Mm-hmm. He could have been like, well, okay, that didn't work. I'm good with myself again. Don't need them. But, and I think this, uh, you know, we're both, Stoops and I have read a book called The Unseen Realm, and and there's a beautiful line in there where he talks about how even before God created, he knew what it would cost him to have creation because he knew that it would fall, and he knew that he'd have to t- send his son. So he... We fall, God still pursues us, pursues us primarily through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which would be the three patriarchs would be the common word to use in the book of Genesis. And that then becomes the people of Israel, which is God's first, uh, what's the word here? God's um, first people. Yeah, his family. I mean, yeah, you would say it's God's people. Like, Because again, he, he originally wanted all of humanity. They've turned right. away from him. And so then through the miracle of Sarah in her advanced age, giving birth with, with Abraham uh, in this miraculous way, um, a new family's started. Yep. So his new family around the idea of lordship of Christ, lordship of God at that point. But we are not God. God is God. He is Lord and we are not. That that family then goes and goes throughout history uh, with the whole Testament, which we don't have time to go into that whole story. But then we hit the New Testament where Jesus comes and radically changes the world. And I, I, I use these words radically, um, transformatively, like... I wish there was a more powerful word that everything is different because of the resurrection. It, potentially, you could use the word like fulfillment, right? Fulfillment, that, that, right. You know, what has been telegraphed through the whole Old Testament is that this nation, Israel, is going to love God, 
but it's going to continue to fall. But yep. there's going to be this promise of God's people, not just being the people of Israel, but being the whole world. I mean, Isaiah again and again yep. talks about the nations streaming to Mount Zion. God is always about um, expanding his family and right. welcoming yes. more sons and daughters home. I think that's the, kind more, of the important thing. Yeah, welcoming more sons and daughters home. And through Jesus, he, he well, he's able to welcome the world and and has a way for that to happen. And then we hit this moment where Jesus in the upper room with his disciples says, it's good for me to go away because I must send the Holy Spirit. That we talked about last week, mm-hmm. that he goes away, the Holy Spirit comes. Holy Spirit comes on Pentecost. And because of the access we have to God through the resurrection, through Jesus, we are now all, all people, have the ability to be empowered, filled up, taken over by the unique spirit of God. And whereas in the Old Testament, so before, and let's just not even use Old Testament, New Testament, but before the resurrection, the Holy Spirit would um, be very, the words maybe localized or centered on filling up the king or a prophet and using that king or that prophet to bless the family, to bless the nation, to bless the people. Because of the access granted through the power of the cross, now the Holy Spirit is everywhere. And Peter, in the book of Acts, is shocked that he sees Gentiles, those who are not of Israel, empowered with the Holy Spirit. And he goes, what? God, mm-hmm. God's way out to them, too? And this kind of mind-blowing fact transforms the way the apostles see ministry, right? I mean, how far God's love goes, who is welcome into the family. Yeah, and and if anyone you know wants to check in their Bible for that, you can look at Acts 15 with the uh, Jerusalem Council, the first time that the church is like, well, can God save people that aren't Jewish? Well, let's let's have a committee <laughs> meeting on that. Right, yeah, good old churches. Yeah, let's let's talk about whether that's a possibility and Paul's there and the whole, the whole shebang because it is... It's so world shattering to those people because it had a really and and though they didn't see it correctly, which is important, right? God's intent was always this. But the way the people saw it was very tribal, was very, hey, these are our people, we're the ins, they're the outs. But God wanted to shake all that up and change all of that. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean Jesus telegraphs that both in, in his ministry as well as in um, his healings and his teachings, but also in his great commission, right? That you're, you're to go, therefore, to all nations, uh, right. baptizing them, teaching them. Um, that, that, yeah, that, so that's the trajectory. Perfect. Yeah, that's exactly. That's, that's where the story is headed. And now you and I, Stoops and I, whoever you are listening to this, we sit 2,000 years later having this access to the Holy Spirit granted by the resurrection, the same access the apostles had, the same access that surprised Peter with the Gentiles, to have God so fill us up that he is the one, not even guiding, but creating in us a new person, giving us himself so that we can have faith, creating this new family, the family found founded on the Lordship of Christ, the Lordship of God the Father, the radical revolution of the cross, that we see the world now as these new people. And so we are the living body of Christ. We are 
the church, empowered by that Holy Spirit. Um, had a great professor in my uh, seminary days, I believe, who said, you know, never forget that you're on a train moving through history and you get to step on for a brief moment, but it started way before us and it's going to go way after us. But what a privilege to be on that same train as Peter, Paul, Luther, C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, go, go through, right? Yeah. Well, and, and it's kind of that understanding of the church, not just being you know, maybe what we think of, uh, the four walls of where we go on a Sunday, but the church being that communion of the saints that yeah. transcends all of those national boundaries, all of those church boundaries and barriers. Um, yeah. and, and that's why I think like that metaphor of the body is so important because it really Beautiful. talks about how interconnected we are. Um, you know, especially in a day and age where it's like we have the myth of the self-made man or woman, yeah. you know, like I, I don't need anyone. I can just be on an island. And we weren't designed to be that. And, and we've yeah. not been empowered just to, you know, be comfortable and sit in the back and, you know, keep to ourselves. Yeah. And not to um, not to limit ourselves to say I'm just a part of of this one piece, but to say, oh, this piece spreads out throughout the whole world. This, you know, Ascension Lutheran Church, my walls here, Hebrew Lutheran Church, are just an outpost of this greater body. And really, I went on a road trip when I was um, right after college with my friend Andrew Dare. And we were talking, and the dream of a road trip came up kind of first, like, what if we could travel? And see the country, and then this this idea of wouldn't it be great if we kind of knew people to visit around and had places to stay, so we weren't constantly looking for campgrounds and different things. And I don't remember if it was him or I, um, but the the thought popped into our minds of wait, we do have a family throughout the nation, we just don't know them yet, and so we started calling churches, and so we would call churches two or three weeks out on our road trip. And we would just say, you know, we're two guys. We both are pretty handy. We can play the guitar. Can we stop by your church and sleep in your parking lot? <laughs> uh, <laughs> plug in, take some water maybe. That's all we want. And just help your church. Like just hang mm. out. Mm. And most said no, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, because they're like, that's just a little too weird. <laughs> but those that said yes we blessed and I think uh, we know we were blessed by them. And so it was really, it was really that idea of, Hey, we do have a family. We do have people that we know why we share the resurrection. We share the Holy spirit. And that transcends my Hawkinsness, your stoopsness, mm-hmm. um, whatever other limits we would put on your being in Kentucky, my Californianess. No, what makes us together is the Spirit, is this church. Mm. Yeah, it's what it, and it's the Holy Spirit that binds that together, right? It's the Holy Spirit that adopts us into the family of God. That we can say stuff like brother and sister, and um, and and it'd yeah. be true. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it'd be true in its deepest sense of oh, we do have more intimacy with more people than we ever realized, which, you know, so often during this pandemic, I have just been very grateful to have Sunday morning worship as kind of a, as a, as a a marker, because here I am with my people 
who believe the same things. We're going to sing to the same God. We're all doing this on Sunday. Like, okay, in the midst of things that feel so fuzzy, right? When What day of the week is it? What Where, where are we Zooming? What are we doing? <laughs> okay, worship, Sunday, people, uh, just that that sense of community. Um, and when we weren't able to meet, the what that was taken away from us, I think was so, so acute because it's so important. And it's why Christians throughout the world, I mean, in places that it's illegal to worship, they still worship. Why would you do that if it means your life or death? Right? Because you have to be with your people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I think what's also important about this is like, as we talk about the body and the connections and the, and the importance of that kind of gathering is that, um, you know, again, we can kind of fall back into our Western, modern 21st century mindsets of, well, I can just do it alone, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't actually need anyone else. Um, and, and this is just to remind us radically that we belong. Like, yeah. we, we belong. And, and so, yeah, whether, whether you're struggling through the pandemic or just feeling isolated or lonely or alone, uh, you, you belong. You, you know, if, you, yeah. if your faith, if your believing loyalty is in Jesus Christ, you belong to the family of God. Yep, you have a family. And we want to see you. And what a beautiful reality of that. So I think it's just a, a good thing to be reminded of. It's a good thing to know wherever you are. Um, it can be so easy to be lonely. Um, it can be so easy to be alone in this day and age where we struggle for connection, but knowing that the Holy Spirit empowers us, brings us together, creates a new family by the power of the cross, by the opening of the way by Jesus, we we know who we are because Christ looks us in the eye and says, you're mine. And there's nothing better than that. Yeah. And of course, that doesn't mean that it's always easy, right? Family family nope. is never easy. But nope. but even the even the person in your family, and maybe you're thinking of someone as I'm talking about this, like you're and you're and you're listening and you're thinking, oh, but you know, if that crazy uncle or aunt so and so, like or my brother or my sister, oh gosh, if I could just I just cannot you don't know them, stoops. Like they are right. they're ugh, like it it still wouldn't be your family if they were missing. Yeah. And yeah. for the number of us that follow Jesus but are still being sanctified are still not perfect of people that need forgiveness from you and maybe you need to forgive um, or they maybe need to forgive you that um, that they're still part of the family and it's imperfect right. it is messy it is challenging it is difficult uh, it is it but it's better it's yep. better better yeah that's really good so I think that we have done a good taste of the way the Holy Spirit empowers his church. We will move deeper into some of these topics about um, being a member of this body, what that looks like, um, what that means for us as justification, sanctification, and some of those kind of conversations. But as of right now, I pray that wherever you are, you can go and find a group of people who are worshiping Jesus Christ to realize that you're amidst a bunch of saints and sinners and know that you are known and you are loved right where you are. So thank you, Pastor Stoops. Oh, thank you, Scott. God bless. God bless you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Things of faith.